listening to First Church Charlotte. Greetings, everyone. Pastor Nathan here. It is an honor to spend a few moments with you talking about the greatest book that's ever been written, talking about the one who gave himself for us, our Redeemer. So let's jump right into it. My subject for the next few moments is going to be uh, this issue of holding on when you really want to fall apart. How do we hold on, hold it together, I should say, uh, when we really, really want to, to fall apart? There is so much scripture um, on this subject of reassurance. Uh, scripture that reminds us of the greatness of God. Scripture that reminds us that he is faithful. Scripture that reminds us that he did not bring us to this moment in order to abandon us somehow. Scripture that talks about how he is able to begin something in us and bring it to a spiritual and purposeful fruition. I want to remind you here of all the years of preaching and teaching, Bible study, Bible reading, daily devotion uh, that you have that has continually reminded you of the fact that God is faithful and he's going to be with you. He's going to protect you. He's going to keep you. Uh, God is not in any way in distress. Uh, it's going to be okay. Truthfully, I would tell the vast majority of you that if you feel this way, um, it's okay. You're probably doing better than you think you are. Uh, these emotions that are within you where you feel like you're going to drop the ball somehow and everything's going to fall apart, um, that's probably more emotion than anything else. In fact, oftentimes when we say, when we say things like, I'm, I feel like I can't hold it together, um, what, what we're really saying is something different than those actual words. So, so what do I mean by this? Um, well, first of all, uh, you could probably survive a lot worse than what you're going through right now. In fact, you have probably already survived a lot worse than what you're going through now. Now, there's exceptions to that, of course. But emotionally, it can feel like you're sick of fighting, you're sick of wrestling, and there's this part of you that you would just love to quit. Uh, and that is an emotional reality, yes. It's an emotional truth in your life. But I want to remind you, you could, you could survive a lot worse things uh, than what you're facing. Again, there are exceptions to that. And there are people, uh, a few of us, that perhaps are going through the trial of our life. But the same assurance is true. God's going to be with you in the trial of your life. God's going to keep you and protect you in the most difficult days uh, of your life. For most of us, however, when we say, I just feel like it's falling apart, what we're really saying is, I'm exhausted with the, th the way things are. Or, I'm depressed about my ability to see any meaningful change in my life. Or, some version of, I feel stuck and it's exhausting. We are challenged uh, in the Word of God to have faith, to trust Him, not to toil and spin, but to believe that our Heavenly Father is going to care for us. In the here and now, we wrestle with feelings of abandonment, uh, feelings of um, being unappreciated, uh, feelings of people in some way betraying us or being disloyal to us. Uh, this is the disconnect between life 
of our emotions and the life of spiritual foundations. And part of the job of being a person of faith and part of the testimony of a person who lives by faith is continually fought in this disconnect between where you actually are and where it feels like you are. Now, this isn't just true for new believers. This isn't true for people who are new in their faith. Really, no matter how long you've served the Lord, this is true for you. It's true for spiritual leadership. It's true for pastors, evangelists, teachers. We all struggle between this this gulf, shall we say, between how it feels to be us and the promises of God that we have built our life upon. Whichever one seems to be gaining the upper hand in your life is probably the one that you have spent the most time focusing upon. So if you spent a lot of time focused upon your emotions, uh, it probably, uh, they're, they're, they're getting the upper hand in your life. On the other hand, uh, if you're spending time focused upon the promises of God, the assurances of Scripture, and that is your focus, you probably are living above the reality of your, of your experiences. And I want to give you a few practical things that really are a result of uh, just my lifelong exposure to people of faith, my lifelong exo- exposure to uh, church life and uh, ministry and the like, and uh, just a, a handful of practical things that are, I think are wisdom in regards to keeping it all together when your life feels like it just wants to fly apart. The first thing is you should, you should be willing to encourage yourself the same way you would encourage someone else, if that makes sense to you. Some of us are very good at encouraging other people, but we are harsh to ourselves. Some of us are very good at pointing out what other people have overcome, the difficulties they have made it through, but when it comes to us, we don't give ourselves any break. So the first thing I want you to ask yourself, am I being an encourager to myself with the same kindness and the same faith that I would be an encourager to someone else? Uh, The second thing is um, be willing to make yourself both vulnerable and accountable to other believers in your life. The Lord has probably put mentor-type relationships in your life, people you can talk to, Uh, people that you can connect with. Don't be afraid to make yourself vulnerable. Uh, It is often others who hold up our exhausted arms. So don't don't resist that. Uh, The third practical bit of spiritual wisdom I would want you to consider and think about is make sure that you are daily connected with the foundations of your life. Not just the feelings, not just the obligations. You need to connect daily with your foundations uh, because your foundations are what make you strong. The other things in your life are not foundations. They're distractions. They're obligations. They're like the wind that blows. They're like every, you know, (laughs) every stirring of, of philosophy and idea and distraction and career and hobby, all of that. Those aren't foundations. Um, those are, in many cases, more distractions than anything else. But you have, as a believer, uh, you have foundations in your life. The first of them is what Christ has done for you. That is foundational. No matter what else goes wrong, Christ has already won the greatest victory there is to win for you. And he has invited you to live with the hope of that and the confidence of that and to 
uh, have a different kind of experience with trouble. Trouble should not be devastating. Why? Because foundations are in your life. Yes, the storm comes. Storm comes. Yes, it beats against the house, but the house is not destroyed. Why? Foundations. I mean, you, as part of your spiritual uh, daily walk, as part of your uh, regular connection, shall we say, to the presence of God in your life, uh, you you should connect with your spiritual your spiritual foundations. Uh, the next bit, the little bit of spiritual advice, and I think uh, kind of good wisdom for our survival in uncertain times would be, um, I would encourage you to invest in relationships of people who also um, have uh, similar circumstances. Um, Invest in those relationships. And do not ask those relationships to be um, primarily you receiving wisdom from an elder or you receiving wisdom from a pastor. Or um, here, Here's the reality. Um, th- there is a greater work for you to do with someone who is not doing as good as you are than there is with you receiving more of what you probably already know. Now, I'm not saying you shouldn't have those connections. I'm just saying I want to remind you that you have an anointing upon you. You... However much you're struggling, there's somebody struggling more. And you could be the person who is able to lend strength. It's better to give than it is to receive. This is true in all of the um, spiritual ways in which we help one another. It's better to give encouragement than to receive encouragement. It's better to give blessing than it is to receive blessing. It's better, you, know, you get the idea here. So um, this, this spiritual concept of whatever you need, find a way to give it away. And so then the riches of heaven are opened up in your life. Do you need an encouragement? Find someone who needs it more than you. And when you give, it's as though God pours through you more than you could ever uh, contain. And you are never going to be left um, where... <laughs> You know, uh, God didn't fulfill his word or in some manner uh, there wasn't, uh, God owed you for some work you did for him. No, he will bless you so you have more after you've done his work than you had before you tried to do it. Um, I want to give you a couple practical things about the nature of our lives and the nature of the kind of beings we are. And uh, these are twofold. Number one, um, uh, are you taking care to get good rest? And number two, are you taking care to be spirit, uh, physically active? Now, these are two practical things, but I'm telling you, um, <laughs> I came across some interesting uh, research. I, I don't have it in my notes. I just remember the story, so I don't, I don't, uh, I have it somewhere in an, uh, another Bible study I did, but um, a psy, psy, uh, psychotherapist said that yes, he used medication, but Medication was a waste unless the person in need would commit to a regular schedule of rest. They need to go to bed the same time. They need to get up the same time. They need to quit keeping crazy hours because if they won't do that, their frequent range of exhaustion, um, insomnia would, would be more negative than any medication he could give them. Isn't that fascinating um, that if, if a person, one of the best things a person could do is just take care of themselves in terms of their 
their body's need for rest. Um, so I want to encourage you to do that. If you're not sleeping well, figure it out. If you're not going to bed regularly um, and you're struggling to get up in the morning, I'm telling you, <laughs> the problem of not getting up in the morning is the problem of not going to bed at night. If you had discipline going to bed at night, you wouldn't have a problem getting up in the morning. You know this. Um, these issues, they sound almost silly to talk about in a spiritual format, but I am a living witness that some of my worst moments uh, spiritually were at times when I wasn't finding rest. Um, so I want you to think about that. Secondly, spiritual, um, physical activity. Um, this is one of the most uh, healthy things you can do for the state of your mind. It's true. Um, it's, in many cases, more effective than uh, a, like a lot of the drugs that are prescribed. Again, same research. I just don't have it. Forgive me for that. Um, the, these two things are huge. Being every day doing something active, get yourself out, get yourself doing something, um, and making sure you're getting good rest. Um, if you don't do those things, you may be going through a very small storm, but you'll feel like you can't hold it together. But if you're rested and your mind is right, you're, being, you're, you're not just stuck in kind of a self-defeating cycle of hiding in the house and not being active and not resting and all of these things. Um, as simple as these things sound, um, if you don't do them, they will take a molehill and make a mountain out of it. And you'll wonder how you're ever going. You're ever going to survive. You're ever going to make it. So two, two things about the nature of the uh, type, kind of beings we are. <laughs> and that is uh, good rest and um, also being physically active uh, in our day-to-day life. Um, uh, the next little n- nugget of wisdom I would like to share with you. If you feel like you're stuck, you're in a rut, um, find something new to add to your spiritual disciplines. So if, you're not, if you don't have time every day where you have a, uh, a spot you go and a time you pray, I want to encourage you to do that. That's tremendously beneficial um, on every level of our lives, both spiritually and uh, physically. But it's possible for you to find something fresh uh, that isn't normal, per se, in your daily devotions that you've done for a long time. Like, for example, let's say um, you're in the habit of, you, you read a, you'll read a chapter of the Bible, and then you'll kind of pray, reflect, quiet time with the Lord. Um, all that's good, and you've done that for some years. That, that may kind of uh, not feel as fresh to you, even though it's, it's very healthy. Um, you might add something you wouldn't normally do. So let me give you something that you could add. Um, every day, add Thanksgiving, where there's one person that you send uh, a message to, uh, a text, a card, a phone call, and you just say, I want to thank you for the way in which you have been a blessing to my life. You added gratitude. Do you see? Um, or you could change it up where um, every, you know, every Thursday is gratitude day, where every Thursday, you see what I'm saying? I'm just finding something new that's healthy, that's good, that's going to put some new life um, in my, my daily spiritual uh, disciplines. Uh, the next thing I want you to think about doing is if your emotions are raging and you cannot seem to get them uh, in any order, um, I want to encourage you to sit down and try to write down in the manner of a journal or a diary what you're feeling and why you are feeling it. Um, there, is, there, is a very, there, there is tremendous um, knowledge, self-insight um, into forcing yourself to write it down. It forces you to be precise. 
And this can really, really help you if you're feeling strange, difficult to describe feelings of anxiety and fear. Um, this is this is very unhealthy, both for your physical life and also spiritually. Um, it's very easy for us to think that God gets our attention through threat and fear. Um, but I want to I want to point out that although that was that that is seen in places, primarily in the Old Testament, um, in this era of the church, this era of grace. It's the goodness of God that leads people to to repentance. Um, It's a different relationship. And yes, judgment's still real. I'm not trying to talk us out of judgment. Don't misunderstand what I'm saying. But I'm trying to to say um, there's a very, very good chance um, that if you are all of a sudden attacked by an irrational fear, that that is probably, there's a good chance that that's not a God uh, uh, way of uh, addressing you. Uh, let me let me give you another image. Um, in the scripture, what you don't see is God knocking on the heart door and shouting through the door, saying, "If you don't do this, you're going to be judged." That, that's not that's not the image given to us in the scripture. Um, instead, you have this appeal of the Lord. Remember, the goodness of God leads to repentance. You have this this appeal of the Lord. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone would open unto me. So this is the invitation of the Lord in our lives. Uh, not, not the threat of judgment, not the threat. That's probably more the result of what's going on inside of us. It's more of a spiritual wooing and invitation. If you can be precise about your fears, it'll help you um, bring some order to the manner in which you address them. Uh, so consider doing that. And um, the last thing, the last thing I want to challenge you to do is actively pursue joy. Have some fun. Um, one of the easiest ways to do it is get around some little people. Little people are going to have fun. They're going to sing and dance. Um, uh, call some friends. Uh, pursue joy. Um, this uh, nowadays it's real popular for people to talk about live in the moment. Uh, and I understand what they're saying. And I, I, I agree. That's, I think, exactly what Jesus is getting at on the Sermon on the Mount, where he talks about those who are worried about the future, worried about if they're going to have enough food, if they're going to have enough clothes. And the Lord's like, don't, don't be like that. Look at the birds of the air. Look at the lilies of the field. Uh, I think this is this, mo- this ability to be in the moment with the presence of the Lord and to completely trust him to completely worship him, not to have the slave relationship of fear. If I don't do this, God's going to get me. But to have the the heart of a lover, the heart of a, I, I want to be with you. I choose you. You finish me. You make me whole. So let's not live as people who are barely holding it together. Not when we have such an amazing promise of God. Let's let's live as though we are people who have been given amazing promises of God. Lord, I pray you would be with your people. I pray you would keep them. I pray you would help all of us to overcome every fear, every worry, and to walk a life of confidence in your promises. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Love you all. God bless you. Have a great week. We'll see you soon. 
for listening to First Church Charlotte. If this podcast has blessed you, please rate it with four or five stars. By doing so, you will help others find our free podcast and bless them. If you're in the Charlotte, North Carolina area, come worship with us at 4929 North Sharon Amity Road. For information about service times, church ministries, and so much more, visit us online at firstchurchclt.com. If you would like to help support our efforts, please text GIVE to 704-445-5353. We pray God's richest blessings to you. Come, worship with us.